weeks, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah. So next week we're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi, the King of Syria, Dick Cheney, and female genital cutting. I don't think you can afford to miss that. Dick Cheney and female (laughs) genital cutting (laughs) on the same show. Yeah, actually. Should be quite fascinating. So, all right, here comes Mike Perini, Pandora's Lunchbox. We'll see what he's got in that little box of his. For Ollie He might have some brownies. He might have brownies. (laughs) For Ollie Transboy Bratton, I'm Charmy Golson. This is Renegade Solutions. It's a White Buffalo Woman production. It's engineered today by Alex Sergey, the man. Please remember, say it. We are all related. Peace. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's it? If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN, FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, because the personal is political and the political is available as an appetizer. And something that I want you to hear, actually, is very interesting here. We're going to do some stuff about food, really. Uh, But something happened at the Detroit City Council meeting yesterday that was very interesting and involved food. A little bit of political food theater that I, I found irresistible, and I'd like you to hear some of that. Uh, The story is quite serious, actually. The Detroit School Board has voted to close 34 schools during a very raucous meeting, and they say that they wanted to close the schools to help cut a $200 million deficit in the Detroit school system. Uh, Needless to say, a lot of people in Detroit are up in arms about closing of schools and those sort of things. And this is from the Associated Press. The district has closed 36 buildings in the last two years as enrollment has declined quite a bit. It looks like enrollment has dropped by about, quick math, 13,000 students last fall compared to the year earlier. So this is a meeting in which there was a vote to close those schools and in which a grape or two was thrown at some of the city council members. But they didn't know it was a grape. It was later that they discovered it was a grape. And it went something like this. Mr. President, I call for the question. It's been called for the question, support, uh, uh, which doesn't require support. Is there unreadiness? Is there unreadiness? Hearing, hearing no unreadiness, we will take the vote. Miss Slappy, I do not want you to stop because I ask the question as you please. Board member Annie Carter. No, can you say what it is what we're voting on? We're voting on the realignment plan. What did you say? You can't hear. It's throwing that. Agnes Hitchcock, and, and I, I want you to I make sure. I do not sure. appreciate no, you doing that's that. That's right, and I want and, and that's yes, right, and we got I, hit I up got here. Hit. She got hit that up here. Was, that was she got a hit physical, that was an assault. She got a hit up here. That was no. an assault. What happened? No, that's assault. I don't know. That's assault. I don't know. She hit her. That's she assault. did. I want her taken out. Jimmy, Jimmy, don't. He's, no, we're going to take the vote. Jimmy does not need to go down.
I want her taken out, and I want to press charges also. I will not accept that kind of That's behavior. Right. Oh no, Miss 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 Slappy, please continue. I do, but I want to make sure that I go on record that I do plan to press press charges. Please press charges. That is not acceptable That's behavior. Right. Please press charges. No, uh, uh, Board Member Annie Carter, can you speak up, Member Carter? Can you hear her? Uh, not really. Hey, Kofia, they had a couple of questions to ask. We're through with questions. We want to know, are you supporting the realignment, yes or no? Uh, no. First, that was on the paper that I was given. I wanted to get some clarification. Well, since we're not what? doing questions, I'm going to say no, and what? then when I get back home, I'll show you and Dr. Rogers what I, uh, what I just got back. Board Member John McLean McKinlock. I can't hear. Board Member Reverend David Murray. Board Joseph, Member Reverend on, on the call. No, we're voting on the real This is sound from the Detroit City Council no. meeting yesterday, as I was saying, an irresistible bit of political Board theater. Grapes were thrown at one of the city council members. There's a lot of anger about the like, possible close. Actually, the, the vote to close 34 city schools. Uh, the Detroit Board of Education voted 6 to 5 to close the schools as a way of trimming a $200 million deficit. And I don't know if they knew that there were grapes being thrown, but nonetheless, they did find out, as a matter of fact. The vote continued. She said no. The motion passes. The motion carries. I will come testify. Because she threw up second. I will testify. Did you tell them? I'm not listening. I'm not playing. Take her ass to jail. No, we ain't. You, are we done? Okay, because of this, meeting is adjourned. No! And there you go. The Detroit City Council meeting where grapes were thrown at some of the members of the city council. This was at Martin Luther King High in Detroit. Audience members got agitated. This is in an Associated Press article. When the board cut off public comment after one speaker and then began voting. And after the vote, they did not take any public comment, which made a lot of people upset as well. An irresistible piece of political theater that couldn't possibly in any way describe Detroit in a couple of words. So lately there have been a few comments in the press about what happened there last night, including one radio station referring to this as the grapes of wrath. And some people basically saying, oh, now Detroit is embarrassed and Detroit, you know, saying nasty things about Detroit. Well, there's, that's, it's too complicated to say anything like that. But nonetheless, I'll just say that I'm looking forward to Detroit festivals such as Taste Fest and Concert of Colors and the Detroit Festival of the Arts and so many other things that are in Detroit that are worth doing. And and meanwhile, the Detroit Public Schools does the best they can, and, and there's a lot of hurt feelings, and that's what's going on right now. So I don't know if that really resolves anything, but there it is. It's, to me, an irresistible bit of political theater involving food. Speaking loosely about food, Frank Paul, the musician, was on this show a little bit ago, and he asked me to mention something that's coming up. There's an event that is coming up at the Michigan League on Saturday, April 7th. It's an event called Truth Strikes Back. And it's three free events in one day at the Michigan League, which is at 911 North University Avenue in Ann Arbor. And coincidentally, it is about 9-11. And there is going to be a debate about 9-11 at 2 p.m. on Saturday. And the note here says, Have we been lied to by the media? Bring your toughest questions and ask the experts. 
And it says at 3.30 p.m., William Rodriguez will, will, will appear. He is described here as the 9-11 hero who helped save hundreds of lives and whose account of 9-11 differs so greatly from the government that they have tried to shut him up. And there's also a 9-11 film festival going on, 10 to 2 p.m. and 5 to 10 p.m. New and rarely seen footage, it says here. And it says here, for more information, you can call 646-2729. That's 646-2729. And Frank Paul, as I mentioned, passed the word along to me about that. So here's some Frank Paul. This is called Liqueur Souffle.
This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and that was Frank Paul, and he's with Klimperai on this. It says Frank Paul and Krimpo... Frank Paul and Klimperai. Paul is spelled P-A-H-L, by the way, P-A-H-L. Frank Paul and Klimperai. The CD is called Music for Desserts, and the song is called Liqueur Soufflé, and... There are other songs about food on the dessert CD, of course. Almond rock cakes, espresso cheesecake, crepe Suzette, melon sorbet, stuffed angelica, hedgehogs, hmm, prunes in burgundy, ladies' kisses, nuns' size, snow eggs. Speaking of eggs, what a coincidence. What a funny time of year it is to mention that. And speaking of lots of desserts, you know, thank you, Arbel, for doing my show last week, and... Arbel played a song which mentioned a whole bunch of desserts in it, not the same desserts as Frank Paul was talking about, but nonetheless desserts that were much loved by George Harrison and by Eric Clapton. And George Harrison wrote the song Savoy Truffle based on talking to George Har- based on talking to Eric Clapton about the fact that he was crazy about desserts and just couldn't keep his mouth off of them or them out of his mouth, something to that effect, but it's hard to be unconfused when you're talking about food. The lyric in in Savoy Truffle includes such mentions as Montelemar, Ginger Sling, Cream Tangerine, and Coffee Dessert. These were all names of candies in the Macintosh Good News assortment. And I should mention that I didn't know what a Montelemar was or what it meant, and actually it turns out to be a city in France. And the nougat Montelemar is something that is well-loved in England and other parts of Europe. Montelemar, the city in France, is famous for the manufacture of nougats, and no less an authority than Thomas Jefferson, that guy, once remarked of the city of Montelamar that the country here is just delicious. And that's good enough for me. So we're going to hear George Harrison and Savoy Truffle. And meanwhile, we'll think of all the delicious desserts that Frank Paul talked about, and we'll get a tummy ache.
Ouch, you'll have to have them all pulled out after the Savoy truffle. It's true, and now you know what Motelamar is all about. Speaking of British and food, this is from the Associated Press last month, and I apologize for not bringing this to your attention sooner. More than 100 years of British tradition came to an end in in March as the final bottle of HP brown sauce, a popular alternative to ketchup, rolled off a production line at a factory in central England. It's now going to be produced in the Netherlands. HP sauce became known as Wilson's Gravy in the 1960s and 1970s, named after Harold Wilson, the Labour Prime Minister. Speaking of Beatles, that's who the Beatles are referring to in Tax Men when they sing Ha Ha, Mr. Wilson. That's uh, Prime Minister Harold Wilson. The name arose after his wife Mary Wilson gave an interview to the Sunday Times in which she claimed if Harold has a fault, it is that he will drown everything in HP sauce. Private Eye's parliamentary news section is called HP Sauce. In 1975, when Wilson addressed a banquet to celebrate 100 years since the formation of the Midlands Vinegar Company, and I've been celebrating that ever since, he admitted that it was not HP sauce that he was partial to, but was in fact Lee and Perrin's Worcester sauce. For many years, the description on the label was in both English and French for HP sauce. During a 1960s BBC radio broadcast, Marty Feldman sang the French version off the bottle in the style of Jacques Brel. If anybody has a copy of that, please talk to me. Whether or not the BBC performance has been archived is not known, but the song was also included on Marty Feldman's 1969 album, I Feel a Song Going Off. The Aston factory was once bisected bisected by the A38M motorway and had a pipeline carrying vinegar over the motorway from the top yard to the main Tower Road factory site. The top yard site has long since closed and vinegar is no longer brewed on the Aston site and it's not floating gently over the highway either, apparently. Well, let's see if we can hear something like this. What have we got here? This, I believe, is a song called Brown Sauce Obsessions by a guy named Adam. Let's see if we can get this going. Here we go. Spicing up the 
How you guys doing out there? You still with me? You haven't changed the the dial yet. Spicing up that mystery meat. It's brown sauce obsessions. Yeah, we just don't understand that as Americans. We don't. This is by a guy named Adham, A-D-H-A-M, and it's on the website brownsauce.org. It's .org, so it's a non-profit. He's doing it for the good of mankind. Anyway, that's uh, Brown Sauce Obsessions. Perhaps you couldn't catch all the great lyrics, but you can read them at brownsauce.org. And he does mention... He's obsessed. So if you want to make the ultimate pledge, just try the sauce of all knowledge. (laughs) Brown Sauce Obsessions. And we're obsessed with all things brown. What? Um, Easter is around the corner. I have this, this story from the Associated Press, meanwhile. Easter is right around the corner, and so is the threat of salmonella carried by baby chicks, often given to children as springtime gifts, health officials warn. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that 81 people in 22 states fell ill last spring after contracting salmonella from chicks. The record three outbreaks occurred around Easter, and at least some of the cases were believed to stem from birds given as gifts. The 2006 illnesses were traced to three hatcheries in Michigan, New Mexico, and Washington State. Sixteen people were hospitalized. Some stores give chicks away with the purchase of a large bag of fertilizer. He likes brown sauce. Do you think so? Um... So yeah, some the, 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 what were you we talking about? I think I was confused by brown sauce. That happens a lot. But nonetheless, uh, the Centers for Disease Control are saying, be careful with baby chicks. They should be washed and taken good care of and put in nice little suits and things like that so nothing bad happens to you. But this one from Wolf, this this message from Wolfman Jack. Yes, friend, we're going to send you 100 baby chicks right now for just three ninety-five cash check of money. Order. Now just imagine all the fun you're going to have with these little babies. You just lead them around on little leashes. You give them little names. And then, of course, as they grow up and uh, comes winter time, you, uh, you, you cook them and eat them. It's going to be just fun for you. We're going to give you 100 of them for just three ninety-five plus COD charges. And if you order right now, the old Wolfman going to send you absolutely free of charge, a life-size picture of me autographed that glows in the dark. Wow. Wolfman Jack, uh, warning you about baby chicks. I think that's what he was really doing. Um, okay, let's, let's see what happens if I do this. Summer. Who'd believe that you'd come along? 
the night Then it don't seem so lonely, baby We fill it up with only two Runs off my shoulder. Hurden is rubbing off my shoulders. I'm terribly sorry. I shouldn't be subjecting you to Wolfman Jack doing Sweet Caroline. Should I know? Um, right. So Wolfman Jack, Sweet Caroline. Uh, it's baseball season. People sing Sweet Caroline a lot, and Wolfman Jack and Baby Chicks, and it makes. Hold on. Let me hear this. Here. Touching me. Touching you. Touching you. Sorry, I'll back off. But this uh, piece of news is very interesting. Uh, uh, a film relating, uh, a film which features Jesus drinking from a can of pop will miss its Easter release date after the drinks giant complained. This is from the BBC News. It wasn't the Vatican that complained, it was Coca-Cola. The movie Seven Kilometers from Jerusalem tells the story of an advertising executive suffering a midlife crisis when he meets a man who appears to be Jesus. In the course of the film, Jesus drinks a can of Coke, and the ad man exclaims, God, what a great endorsement! Coca-Cola said permission to use its trademark had not been granted. We don't think it's appropriate to use the subject of this film to create publicity for our brands. The drinks company asked for the scene to be cut, but the director and producers argue that changing the film would be costly and time-consuming. After a week of legal wrangling, they have now been forced to postpone the Good Friday release date as the film is re-edited. Producers say it could be up to three weeks before the film hits cinemas. Again, I'm sorry. This Wolfman Jack and Sweet Caroline on the appropriately enough wooden nickel records. Uh, it's been Pandora's Lunchbox for at least a half an hour, and it will be for some time longer, but maybe not for the rest of today. I do want to mention that there is something that is billed as the largest Easter egg hunt in Michigan coming up. Coming up this weekend, it is on. I am well prepared. It is coming up. Oh, boy. Saturday. Thank you. It's this Saturday. It's the largest Easter egg hunt in Michigan at Domino's Petting Farm at 24 Frank Lloyd Wright Drive. Uh, There is an admission fee. You can find out about it. Actually, proceeds will benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation. For details, you can call 998-0182. And more than 20,000 eggs filled with small toys and candy are spread throughout fields for kids up to age 10 to find. And I have it on good authority that there will be no worry beads actually inside the eggs because Tom Monahan is no longer involved directly with Domino's. But there is the largest Easter egg hunt in Michigan on Saturday starting at... The gates will open at 9.30 a.m. and the hunt begins at noon. It's been Panther's Lunchbox. I think I just said this. I'm not sure where I'm going with that. I've been Mike for a little while here. I've been listening to Frank Paul with the uh, liqueur there. I think it's getting to me. It's making me slur my words. But... Let's go out with another bit by Frank Paul. This is a, another fine tune from his collection called Music for Desserts. And this tune is entitled Dainties. Coming up next, it's Arwolf, and he will help you to face the music. Music 
Wow, thanks, Mike. I feel so much better now. Um, that was Frank Paul. What, what's it from? I guess I can pull it out of here and, and look at it. Uh, oh, he's he's putting it in my hands. Frank Paul and Klimperi, Music for Desserts. Oh, I get it. Okay. And and what was the name of that? That was number 16. Uh, uh, number 16. <laughs> oh, Dainties. Yes, Dainties. That's perfect. That was our national anthem. You know, we're such a boorish people. But it, we need to be dainty sometimes. Once in a while. If Just, we can be boorishly dainty, then that would be a compromise. But, you know, we, we aim for daintiness eventually here. What's that about borscht? Mm, okay. I'm sounds sorry. delicious. It does. It really does. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's 7 o'clock. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. And we're Radio Free Ann Arbor. Student-run experimental radio from the University of Michigan. And we're people from the community. We're also, uh, Mike and I both happen to be U of M staffers also. No, no strap here. Just staffers. We're um, we uh, we work at the University of Michigan, and try not to. Uh, it's a real germ factory this time of year, so we try and not uh, get anything. I'm sort of seeing spots in front of my eyes right now, so everybody's sort of grappling and trying to uh, stay warm and keep healthy and stuff like that. So I've brought down another core sample in a in a battered old suitcase of human noise and music and stuff. And we call this show Face the Music, and it's all about the human condition. There's an historical mission also that's that's been going on for about 30 years now. It was in July of 1977 that I started bringing old records down here. So I'm almost to 30 years in in, uh, radio with this place.